Hi, this is Femi Chambry, and I'm here with your daily dose of energy. I wanted to check in with you guys. I know I haven't posted um, an episode in a few days, and that has not been because I don't want to talk to you or I don't have anything to say. I actually felt it was very necessary for me to remain silent um, as I'm processing. There's a lot of things going on, and people are in so... Um, they're experiencing so many different emotions and I feel as though it's necessary for me to, it's necessary for all of us to take time away from feeling obligated to share, teach, um, inspire, empower anyone else. I feel like there is a time and there's definitely a place that is requiring us to be present and present within ourself. Um, that's basically where we all are currently going through so many different things and trying to figure out the best way to uh, process the things that we're going through. I think that is a big, big, big deal for us all because so much of our lives have been helping and contributing to the betterment of other people and you neglect yourself in the meantime and that's something that we are having to understand the repercussions of we're losing our mental capacity to hold any more information we're losing our emotional capacity to absorb anything else and we are unbalanced when it comes to our spirituality And we have to understand the importance of the duality of us as a human being. You cannot be efficient in one part without being efficient or balanced in another, even if you're not 100% in each area of your being. Okay. So one thing I wanted to check in with you guys today, I know that you are used to me. I'm very surprised actually that I have, um, already completed the June astrology overview for the month. I'm very proud of myself for that. I did not lose sight of what I felt was important. I did not lose sight of what I deemed was necessary at that time. I have also spoken freely about my emotional capacity when it comes to the things that are going on globally. But I also feel like it is my responsibility as a vessel to educate and inspire and uplift and also remain authentic in who I am. And that is what I've been doing. And I'm super proud, super proud of myself. And you guys should be super proud of yourself for the work that you do within your own lives, within your own communities, in the confines of your own personal, interpersonal relationships that you deal with daily. I have been doing a lot of processing as I've stated to you guys and I've been thinking about a lot of things and I've wanted to speak to you about the importance of mental health I think there are plenty 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 of (laughs) documentation um, and google um, things you can look up on google and people are always talking about mental health and the main things that they speak about and well I'm a person who's very in-depth. I feel like it's very necessary. And the, the questions that I have, I can only assume that someone somewhere has those questions as well. So that's how I share with you guys. I share with you guys based on 
information that I find very interesting and helpful, but also based on what I observe that I know people need to know that no one's answering or people are not really explaining. There's so much information out there that it's easy for it to get lost, but also forgotten, right? So I wanted to take this opportunity, not just to let you guys know about what's going on astrologically. You guys know I'm a multi-dimensional type of person. I talk about everything from relationships to spirituality and religion and astrology, numerology. I speak about so many different things that can't really put me in a box on what it is that I'm going to talk about, right? You can kind of get the theme of it based on what's going on, but you really never know what it is that I'm feeling led to talk about. And, and, and no surprising, one thing that I want to speak about that I feel is so important is mental health. Now, there are so, there's so much to say about mental health. I mean, we could... It is a never ending tunnel. It is like logging onto Google or your Facebook feed or Instagram in the middle of the night and scrolling and you find yourself in this, you're just in this tunnel, right? You just, you're just in this tunnel. So that is the way it is with mental health. There is so much to talk about from the disorders to the conditions and it is just an abundance and an influx of information. But one thing I wanted to be very um, vocal about is the importance of mental health on a deeper level beyond just checking in with yourself. There's so much that we don't understand about how the brain works. And there's so much that we don't understand about our own mental capacity that it's very difficult to pinpoint what is what and when is what. And I, as a person, am learning so much about my own mental capacity during this time because even though I am a person who operates majority of emotions and spirit I also have a very very intense mind my brain is overactive my brain is there there are nights where I have to take some type of Advil PM or Tylenol PM just so that I could turn my brain off because my mind is constantly, constantly going. And I'm not on any type of prescription medications or anything that would um, increase my brain activity or, or limit my brain activity. But sometimes when I'm trying to sleep, I can't sleep. I could be very, very tired and I can close my eyes and I could be in the bed and I could really be in, you would think I'm asleep but I wake up so restless. I wake up so still tired because my mind didn't shut off. My mind is constantly going. It's like in the subconscious world, it's always working. And so when you are learning things like that about yourself, it is very important to compartmentalize how you process. And even though I process things in an emotional sense and I'm very spiritual and I'm very attuned to what is going on um, energetically around me, my mind also picks up vibrations and frequencies of what's happening as well. And it processes in its own time. It processes in its own way. And while my body is feeling 
what's happening. My mind is also taking it in. And so it's very important that you understand that with everything that is happening around us, we literally are fighting two wars and that is not including the wars that we are fighting within our own homes, within our own selves, when it comes to our own personal life. Globally, we are in a battle for our life physically, literally, and figuratively, okay? We are in a space where every angle we turn, we're being pulled, we're being tugged at, we're being required to show up. And I understand how anybody during this time can be absolutely burnt the hell out, honestly. Not just burnt out because you're energetically tired, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, absolutely drained. No energy. There have been days where I can't even get up out of the bed because I am so tired. I'm just drained. I don't want to think. I don't want to talk. I don't want anybody to ask me how I'm feeling. I don't want to explain anything. I don't want. I. And when this happens, your energy is low, but also your tolerance is very low. And when times like this happen, I know I need to recluse myself. I need to be secluded. I need to not be around anyone until I get a balance of what it is I'm feeling and why I'm feeling this way. And being aware of things that are happening astrologically and being aware of things that are happening in the spiritual realm does not, it does not remove you from the experience of it in the physical. It doesn't matter what I know in a spiritual sense. Yes, my awareness is there. Yes, I am heightened uh, sense wise. Yes, I am able to see beyond the surface. However, I still feel it all. I feel it in the spiritual sense. I feel it in the physical sense. And I'm a human being. I am a spirit operating in a human. I I am a human being operating in a spiritual force, but I'm also in a flesh body, which means I feel it. I'm experiencing it. My body is fatigued. My mind is fatigued and it is natural. But the problem is a lot of people are not aware of that process and they want to feel as though they're excluded from the realities at hand and you're not, you're absolutely not. I literally, I mean, I have to process the fact that, okay, working in corporate America, what do you do if you work for corporate America, but the company that you work for doesn't have a stance in something that's important to you? They're not voicing their opinion. They're not making it known, but you know the culture of the job, you know, the culture of the company. So that is a conflict of interest. That is a battle within itself because you're having to show up at a space that you know, doesn't value what you value. And so now you're being put in a position where you're having to question your beliefs and what matters to you opposed to getting a check. So it is a lot that people are dealing with and people are having to to face, you're having to deal with the world as an African-American person of color, and you're having to go into these offices where it's only you who look like you, and you have to create this image that everything is okay, that you're unaffected by what's happening, that's affecting the lives of everything that you know. That is 
a battle in itself. And no one thinks about the toll that that takes on your emotional being. No one thinks about the toll that it takes on you psychologically, because if you can't see it, it's not real unless what is not seen becomes evident, right? It has to be, uh, we know that there's racism. We know that there's bigotry. We know that people have mental disorders. We know that people have um, just, just flat out evil people. We know that, right? But it doesn't matter that we know that until we see it. It doesn't matter that I know that this business doesn't care about black people. I know that this brand of clothing doesn't really tailor to black people, but they have sales and so people like sales and so they're flocking. But it doesn't matter that they don't care about me as a as a person or as a human being, as a race. They don't care about that and that's okay until it's put on the forefront. Until I see something that blatantly tells me that this person is a racist or this person excludes me as a human being, their personal opinion or their views as a company doesn't even affect me. People still spend their money there, right? And that is the logic that so many people are having to realize that they possess right now. The complicitness that we all in some, in some way, shape or form tolerate because it is normal. It is just the way of life. And so as a person, anyone who is on a path of becoming a more righteous human being and becoming more understanding of the human experience, you are going to be naturally afflicted by what it is you see. Because what it is that you are seeing is causing you to be put in a space in this, in this box where you're like, there's absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way that this is okay. I know this is not okay, but what do I do about it? What do I do about it? I'm torn, right? And so I feel like it's very important for us to take in consideration that with everything that is going on from the pandemic to people losing families to an illness, to people who are dealing with domestic violence issues, to people being slaughtered across their television screens, you're constantly seeing the murders of African-Americans all day long. People are constantly dealing with the crime of someone that they love being killed, whether it be by police officers, whether it be by someone who looks like them, whether it be by a car accident, whether it be by drug overdose, whatever the case may be, suicide, whatever the case may be, right? In, in wars, people are experiencing grief on top of grief on top of grief, which is causing pain, internalized pain, internalized anger, internalized fear. Okay. And this is producing itself in so many different ways. It is becoming even more evident by the way people interact with each other, by the way that people talk to each other, by the way that people view one another, by the way that people engage. So what we have to understand is though we are going through so much on a global level. We are dealing with so many things on a global level. It is also very, very important for us to be willing to sit with the truth of what that means. That means that everybody, no matter who you are, can potentially create an environment within yourself, within your homes, or you are engulfed into an environment within your homes, within the environment, in the world, 
that causes some sort of mental instability. Now, what that looks like, how that produces itself varies because as I stated at the beginning, there are so many things that we don't even understand about mental illness and being aware of the mental health and what happens and how it, not every mental disorder or mental um, condition is something that is life um, permanence. It doesn't mean that it's a permanent thing. It can be momentarily, but that momentarily moment, if you've ever heard of a moment of insanity, if you feel in that moment, it's not just acting crazy or pretending that you're crazy or pretending like you done lost your mind just to get out of a case. No, this is a real thing. Even though some people play on that real thing, there are people who experience this for real. Okay? So I felt that it was very important for me personally to talk about two very important things because one, I myself feel as though being a woman who has been black all her life, and this isn't just about race, this is also about the systematic pressures of being a black woman and being a woman who grew up in an urban neighborhood, but also who is very familiar with suburb life, right? A person who is slapped in the middle of everything and seeing everything and feeling everything has experienced trauma, has lost a parent, who has felt grief, who has had to bury many, many friends. The, the constant, constant regurgitation of pain and traumatic experiences that create this environment of instability. And what happens when you are a person who constantly experiences the thing that you are dealing with? You're constantly having to battle something. You feel like you're constantly up against the wall. You're constantly having to question and answer questions. You don't believe that everyone is, is has good intentions for you. You are just constantly, constantly battling. There is a thing that is called, <clears throat> that is called pre- Traumatic syndrome, just like post-traumatic syndrome. There are many, many people who operate in a state of fear because of everything that they've been through and because of everything that they have seen. But there's also people who have actually experienced so much trauma and so many things that have caused them grief, so much so that you don't have time to grieve one thing because something else has happened. That is what we're speaking about. The constant battles, the constant arguments, the constant uh, being up against the wall and having to defend yourself. There are too many things happening back to back to back that cause tra trauma. And when you don't have pro a time or given the opportunity to process, what do you think happens? instability occurs. And so I want to bring an awareness, not because I'm trying to diagnose anybody because I'm not a doctor, 
But one thing that I know that's very important with being who I am and what I've studied and how I have grown through life and the reason I'm how I am today is because again, I have had to do a lot of self-reflection, being honest with myself, being authentic with myself, who I am, what I feel, what I believe in, why do I know this to be true? Because I've experienced so much of it and because I have interacted with so many different type of people that you get a lot of information by being quiet and observing. But you also get a lot of information by the experiences you have in life. And so it's very important that you guys understand that while we are in an in, a, in an active position to do more, be more, achieve more, get results, get people to hearing us, get people to understanding us. We have to understand everything is due process, even the way we exert ourselves. We, it's very unhealthy to continuously go from zero to 100, stay at 100 for a very long time, drop back down to zero only to go back to 100 again. That is not healthy. That's not healthy for our body. That's not healthy for our mind. That's not healthy for our emotional or spiritual selves. And we have to understand when too much is enough, when we need to check out, when we need to no longer engage, when we need to let what it's going to be be so that we deal with what happens next. I found that for me, being on social media without a purpose drains my soul. And I'm not speaking about it makes me sad. I'm speaking about literally drains my spirit. And it takes me literally days, days to gain that momentum back, to re repurpose my spirit in a way that refuels itself because nothing I'm attached to can refuel it for me. Do y'all understand the, the importance of maintaining a certain level of energetic space? I've always spoken about the importance of not working from your not working from your deficit, working from an overflow. But if you have no overflow, you're going to automatically work from a deficit because you feel like you must do something. It's almost like a punishment, self-inflicted punishment for you to do nothing because you think doing nothing is literally doing nothing, but it's doing a lot for you. And that is where I feel it's so important to talk about so that I can bring awareness to areas that we may be neglecting ourselves and putting us in danger because we're trying to show up for causes and we're trying to show up for people and we're trying to be that for everyone else, but you're not being any of that for yourself. And that's causing yourself. That's putting you in a space of deficit. And that's going to kill you. So it's very important that we understand that psychologically there's a lot of things going on and the circumstances that we are being engulfed into currently and previously, it's staring up old, old wounds. It's staring up old emotions. It's staring up feelings. And not only are these your own feelings, but these are feelings and experiences of other people that you are processing as well. That does a lot of damage on your body, on your mind, on your soul. So it's very important to compartmentalize what it is that you're engaging with. 
What level of importance is it? How important is it for you to show up now? What is it that you can do opposed to physically overexerting yourself? What is it that you can do to maintain your emotional balance? How can you focus on you first so that you can give more to the cause that you believe in? That's where we're having to question that. That's where we're having to really dig deep because that's very difficult for us to do. People don't like to feel left out. And people feel like if they're not in the midst of something or if they're not being put on the forefront of what it is that they believe in or what it is that they're doing, that what they do is not of any importance. And that couldn't be any more far from the truth. That is absolutely, totally not right. I want to talk about the importance of balancing out yourself. There's so many different things. And one thing that I do know that during this time, I had to look at myself and ask myself, like, what is it that I'm feeling? I got to think about thinking about everything that I've been through in my life. And I got to thinking about all of the experiences that I've had, good and bad. And I got to thinking about how I've processed that. And even if you work through the emotion of that, the initial emotion of that, there are still remnants of that. There are still things that trigger certain things to be inflamed within you. Certain experiences are triggering to you because you've been through so much in your past or because something you just recently lived through or because of a fear of something happening because you've seen it happen before or you know that it's a possibility. So you operate out of this space of anxiety. It's this, it's, it's this space of complete and utter fear of what could happen. I know that a lot of people think that PTSD is only associated with people who have gone to the wars and they are active duty members of the military comeback um, deployments. And that is a that is a very, very big thing, even though it wasn't until after 1980 that that term PTSD was actually put out there for people who were in the military, because mostly when you listen to people who were um, during the Vietnam War and different wars, they were told to be shell shocked or shell shook. And normally after a few days, they're put right back out into the fire, right back into that comeback field. And that is where it develops in from fear, anxiety to trauma from to a syndrome to something that has actually began to grow and embed within you because of that constant back to back experience of pain, grief and fear all at one time. Okay, this happens over a duration of time that builds up into the syndrome. And so When you're thinking about what's going on now in the world and you're thinking about what we're experiencing now in the world, we have to be mindful that this is definitely, definitely creating a lot of PTSD experiences for people. Now, there are different forms of PTSD. There are different forms of anxiety. People think that anxiety and PTSD are the same. 
but they're not the same, even though they can be concurrent. And that is something I want to bring to you guys awareness today, because I want you to be able to understand whether you're dealing with it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be, you know, temporarily feel grief. It's okay to feel anxious at a moment. That does not mean that you have a disorder, but when you are diagnosing yourself or someone is diagnosing you with anxiety, there are different forms of anxiety, some more intense than others. When people are, you know, it's okay to feel a little bit of a shell shock or a little bit of, um, apprehensiveness after you've gone through something traumatic in your life that's that's normal but when it begins to affect how you operate in life to an extent of where you are paralyzed by this experience in a sense that's when it becomes a disorder and understanding that is going to require different type of treatments for that some people don't need medication others do. Some people don't need to be observed or constantly checked in on or constantly put under an environment that they are supervised. Some do. So you have to understand the different levels of what these things mean. And then you're able to look at yourself and say, okay, am I having just a moment or is this something I need to get checked out? Because it is a fear. It is something that is embedded in me and it is something that is causing me to be triggered, etc. So on. Okay. Now, when you're thinking about PTSD, most people who are diagnosed with PTSD is it it takes a it's a multidimensional disorder and because it has so many different causes and so many different outcomes there are it's important that that you know that there are about five subcategories that can help you identify what you may be experiencing as well as what potential treatment may be needed for that particular diagnosed um, category. Okay, so let's say the first uh, PTSD is normal stress response. This is the normal stress that you receive before PTSD is actually a thing. It doesn't always, just because you're stressed doesn't mean that you're always going to be on a path to getting PTSD. Doesn't mean that. It could be something that causes a moment of shock, such as accidents or illnesses and injuries, surgeries, you know, or any source of unreasonable amount of tension that is going to lead to um, a long period or a short length consistent period of having to work through the trauma that you're experiencing or the fear of the trauma that you're experiencing. Okay. So a normal stress response can be effectively managed by friends, by having people around you who can check in on you, going to therapy. Those are things that can help because people can literally recover from this within a few weeks. This isn't something that you have to have medicine for. This isn't something that you have to talk, um, through with someone every single day. It is just something that is going to help you deal with the experience that you've experienced 
so that you are able to come out on the other side of it without having it prolong itself and potentially turn into something more. The next category would be the acute stress disorder. Now, acute stress disorder is not the same as PTSD, but it can occur in people who have been exposed to what may feel like to them life-threatening events. Okay, now natural disasters, death of a loved one, loss of a job or risk of death, risk of losing your life, risk of something failing and falling through and causing your life to be in an up, uproar, right? These are stressors that trigger acute stress disorder. Understand that disorder is being diagnosed. That means that you have been diagnosed with this being something that has been a constant, prolonged thing you've been dealing with. That's what makes it a disorder. Now, if this is left untreated, understand that this, the acute stress disorder can potentially develop into PTSD. PTSD is the outcome of prolonged, unresolved stress responses. Okay. That's basically what PTSD is. The third one would be uncomplicated PTSD. Now, uncomplicated PTSD is linked to one major traumatic event versus multiple. So it's basically the easiest form to treat. So let's say you have nightmares or um, fear of a, a disaster happening. You have flashbacks to an event that happened to you. You're irritable. You have sudden mood changes, not bipolar or anything like that, but your mood, you're, you're instable when it comes to your emotions because whatever it is that you've experienced in your life, that one traumatic event keeps you on edge, okay? Changes, constant changes in your relationships, instability at home, instability in your finances. All of these things can trigger PTSD, but normally when it's an uncomplicated PTSD, it could be treated very easily through therapy, medication, or both. Okay. Some people don't need medication. Some people need them both medication and therapy so that they can get it under control. And then you have complex PTSD. Now complex is the opposite of uncomplicated. This means it's caused by multiple traumatic events, not just one. So it's common for when it happens in abuse or domestic violence cases, repeated exposure to war, community violence, and sudden loss, right? They do share the same symptoms. Treatment of the complex PTSD is a little more intense though, because uncomplicated PTSD, individuals with uh, complex PTSD can be diagnosed with borderline or antisocial personality disorder or disassociative disorders, right? That makes it different from uncomplicated PTSD because there's so many different levels and there's so many different things that could be occurring within that would make this actually a personality disorder opposed to just a stress disorder, okay? Now, complex PTSD exhibits behavior issues such as impulsiveness, aggression, substance abuse, sexual impulsivity, like 
You just act on your impulses, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, extreme emotional issues, intense rage, depression, and panic. So complex PTSD is a little bit more complex and complicated than the uncomplicated PTSD. Even though they're similar, they're they're completely opposite forms of this sort of PTSD because this one is caused by multitude of issues. For instance, we just had, we're still in the midst of a pandemic and now we have these violent um, riots and we have, you know, just the different things that are happening in your life, job instability, food, famine, etc. All of these different things and changes that are causing fear, anxiety, and constant shifts in our lives can cause a complex PTSD to be formed. And then the last one that we have is comorbid PTSD. Now, this is a blanket term from co-occurring disorders. So it's applied when a person has more than one mental concern. So if a person has substance abuse in addition to PTSD, then this would be comorbid PTSD. It's extremely common. Um, People suffer from more than one condition at a time. So the best way to deal with this form of PTSD would be when you are co-mingling mental health condition and um, the comorbid PTSD is treated at the same time. Treating one or the other is not going to be very productive when it comes to the resolution because you have to, the best way to work with this and work through this is to identify that there are more than one cause and there's more than one aspect that needs to be examined. And once you do that, you put them together, you put a treatment plan together that would assist with the navigation of both. That way you can get a total um, look at everything you're dealing with and balance out better. If you're dealing with one or the other, then something is still going to be left unresolved. And that's going to stem and cause a deeper PTSD uh, occurrence and more reoccurrence of it in a, in a more intense way later down the road. Okay. So people that suffer from PTSD, whether it be comorbid PTSD, complex PTSD, uncomplicated, acute, whatever. Most people that suffer from this, try to treat it on your own. You try to, maybe if I take a drink, maybe if I take this pill, maybe if I do this, or they act out in very destructive behaviors because they are trying to cope right? Using drugs or alcohol is a way to numb it, but it's definitely not going to assist in the overall and betterment treatment of the disorders. You need to get help. This is something you have to speak with someone about because it is not going to be beneficial to you to do it on your own because you yourself haven't identified exactly what it is that you are dealing with clinically. That makes sense. Now, this is why it's important to understand the difference in momentary momentary stress or something that's a lot more complex and a little bit more prolonging and deeper so that you're able to actually see, okay, am I stressed out for the moment or is this something that has been prolonged and it it's constantly comes back and every time it comes back, comes back with a vengeance and it's something that I cannot manage on my own. Then that's when you need to speak with someone. Don't wait until it gets to the point to where it's completely out of control and then it becomes more destructive then and it's harder to treat get the help that you need because we are all going through a lot in your mental health your emotional health all of that matters 
beyond anything, beyond anything else, you have to be okay. Now that's the PTSD portion. That's the post-traumatic stress and pre-traumatic stress I did speak about, which is the fear of these things happening, right? The fear of these things causing um, your life to be somewhat completely off the radar, okay? Now, another thing I want to speak about uh, briefly, of course, is going into what an anxiety disorder is. Now, there is a difference between a generalized anxiety disorder versus PTSD. Now, determining the difference between post-traumatic stress and other disorders is going to be a bit of a challenge depending on what you are dealing with because PTSD and other anxiety orders have similar symptoms and they can co-concur with each other. They can co-occur with each other. They can be, you can have both right at the same time. And so learning the difference between the two is how you learn how to recover throughout the process. If you only know one, then you'll make the mistake of misdiagnosing or unresolving the issues at hand. Okay. So a generalized anxiety disorder is characterized by a person who constantly worries. They, they have anxiety, right? They are worried about what's coming next. Restlessness, on the edge. They're constantly feeling tired, trouble concentrating, irritable. Sometimes their muscles can be tense because you can have anxiety in your body. Your body can hold on to the stress and your body can form different ways to fight off the stress, which causes symptoms that are more in a physical opposed to um, emotional, right? Mm. Sleep patterns are off. These sort of things is a very common when it comes to the general generalization of anxiety. Now, there is a difference between a generalized anxiety disorder and then regular or other types of anxiety disorder because generalized anxiety disorders must be present for at least six months before we anybody can diagnose you. So you don't just go in with anxiety and they automatically say you have generalized anxiety disorder. No, they're going to have to monitor how long you've had to deal with these symptoms, how long these occurrences have happened and how um, often they occur. That's going to be how you are diagnosed. And typically Within six months time frame, the review of the six month period and back, they'll be able to give you more of an understanding of what it is you are actually dealing with. Now, post-traumatic stress disorder, symptoms of that, again, it is a anxiety disorder. Post-traumatic stress is a form of anxiety. It is not the only form of anxiety, which is what makes them different, okay? PTSD is an anxiety disorder that develops individual after an individual experiences or witnesses a traumatic experience. This is not because of something you haven't experienced, right? You don't just wake up and you have anxiety when you've had nothing that you had to traumatically go through. This is something that you've experienced. This is something that you were in close vicinity to as it occurred and it has interrupted or disrupted your life in one way, shape or form, making you feel scared, hopeless, helpless and in fear of a potential reoccurrence or it happening to you in the future. 
Okay, now this may start to interfere with your everyday life. That is when you would definitely need to get this to um, be checked out because sleep pattern disturbances, irritability, angry outbursts, difficulty concentrating, hypervigilance, feeling jumpy, easily scared. Um, you could also struggle with flashbacks, bad dreams, psychological, uh, sociological distress hallucinations, things of that sort, things that make you think that you're out of your mind mentally could be a form of your mental, um, your brain having these mental shifts and these different, the chemistry of your brain being off and that affects your feelings and your thoughts and the things that you are being triggered by, right? So that is how you're able to go into when you're when you're trying to explain to someone what it is you're experiencing is very important to not leave those major details out because that's how they can determine what it is you're actually dealing with opposed to what it is that you are dealing with in the moment right now to try to avoid reoccurrencing of these things you you want to be very cautious of your triggers and this is about getting to know what it is that you are dealing with how are you being triggered by certain things in your life understanding that this makes me feel this way so I can't engage in that way because this is going to trigger something else in me you're going to need to be aware of those things because the more aware you become then the more open you will be at trying to avoid and vocalizing when you're needing to avoid certain situations or circumstances that are in your control to do so. Now, we do have PTSD symptoms and um, generalized anxiety disorder symptoms that overlap. For example, you can have one characterized by significant anxiety and worry. That's the generalized anxiety, right? These are also issues that surface when an individual struggles with PTSD. So they can be co-occurring. You can have one and both at the same time with either one of these mental issue mental health issues it's important to again avoid places activities and people that naturally ignite a feeling of anxiety or worry okay now when you have two that are occurring together it also intensify the reaction you have to both so if you're struggling with generalized anxiety disorder and then you experience a traumatic event that is more likely to experience PTSD, or if you have, let's say you have a pre-existing tendency towards excessive worry, you already are worry ward, you already are already magnified by seeing something traumatic. You naturally have an instant thing to worry. You don't, you have to be very cautious of the events and the places and the things that you engage in because understanding where you already are and how you already have a natural nervousness for things that can occur it's it's very important that you it's it's just it's very beneficial for you to be aware of these things so that you don't walk into a more traumatic event that causes a reoccurrence and causes a resurgence of something that you have yet to get treated okay now understand, don't go uh, 
diagnosing yourself and claiming to have, I'm very careful about the things that you claim on your life. Be very mindful of the things that you claim as your own identity or things that you are experiencing. If you have a question or concern, and these are things that make you feel as though you could potentially be dealing with this, and this is something that you may want to get checked out and see if you actually have enough symptoms to uh, require diagnosis, then I would suggest you do that. Don't just self-diagnose because that is not going to help you on the process of actually recovering. Now, I also want to give you um, a few details when it comes to people always say, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have anxiety. And there are so many different types, so many different types of anxiety. And I just spoke about the generalized anxiety disorder. And that's when a person feels anxious on most days, worry about a lot of different things for a period of six months or more. Now that's one form of anxiety. Then you have social anxiety, a person who has an intense fear of being criticized. You don't want to be embarrassed or humiliated. You're very, very, very um, afraid of what people think of you. Self-conscious. You're always questioning if you are speaking correctly, if people are watching you, if people are judging you and you're afraid of being too assertive because you don't want people to think you're mean or you don't want people to think you're aggressive and you don't like making small talk because you may not know how to. It makes you uncomfortable to sit and really have the conversations that are not as meaningful to you. These are all parts of symptoms that stem from social anxiety. This does not have to be something that is prolonged. It could be momentarily depending on circumstances or what is going on around you. But it is a form of anxiety. It is not the only form, but it is a form of anxiety. Sometimes um, another one is specific phobias, a person who has a, a big fear about a particular object or situation may go to great lengths to avoid it. For instance, some people have phobias of planes. Some people have phobias of feathers. Some people have phobias of uh, paper and cotton balls. And some people have phobias of birds and certain foods are phobias. People are literally afraid of this thing. And it stems a form of fear and it causes you to tense up. It's stress. It makes you feel very, 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 very afraid, right? This is a form of anxiety. Panic disorder. A panic disorder is a form of anxieties. Not everybody's form of anxiety is the same. A person who has panic attacks which are very intense, overwhelming, and sometimes uncontrollable feelings combined in a range of physical symptoms. Meaning when people go into a panic attack, right? People say, oh, I have anxiety. That means that doesn't mean that they have a panic disorder. That doesn't mean that they're having a panic attack. Now you can have anxiety and a different form of anxiety would be a panic attack. But the panic attack is a culmination of multitude of feelings, a multitude of experiences and everything coming to you at once, causing you to experience uh, heavy breathing. You can't breathe. You have chest pains. You may be feeling very, very dizzy and sweating a whole lot, shaking, you know, um, uncontrollably crying, uncontrollably um, hyperventilating. All of these things are experiences of a panic attack 
And a lot of times when people have a panic attack, they think that they're having a heart attack or they are about to die. So a person who has reoccurring panic attacks or persistently fears having one longer than a month, that is when you would suggest that this person potentially may have a panic disorder and needs to get diagnosed so that they can be treated effectively because these can be attacks that literally are crippling, crippling to them being functional in life. Now, there are two other kinds of anxiety. Um, They are disorders where anxiety plays a big part of the root cause. So you have uh, OCD, that's obsessive compulsive disorder. That is a person who has ongoing, unwanted, intrusive thoughts and fears that cause anxiety. It can be um, a person knows that this is just really silly, but a person who gets up and you lock the door, you forget that you lock the door. You want to make sure you lock the door. So you get up and you lock the door and you do it three times or you go and you have to constantly clean one area so many times like a ritual or it's like a certain behavior because that's what helps you relieve the anxiety. It's a self coping mechanism to deal with your mind telling you that something needs to be done this way or this many times so that you're able to rest with it being actually completed. So it could be fears of germs. It could be not touching people's hands, not wanting to touch people's hands because if you touch people's hands and you feel like, oh my God, like I'm gonna get sick or I'm gonna die and you instantly feel like there are germs on you. Wash your sheets every day or every other day because you feel like you're just gonna have germs all over you. Those type of things, uh, fear of germs and contamination that lead to you constantly washing your hands and clothes and constantly um, repeating the same thing in a certain uh, way so that you are able to mentally make yourself feel like you have achieved enough of whatever action you're doing to prevent whatever you think is going to happen from occurring. And then the last form of uh, what I spoke about was post-traumatic stress disorder. I spoke about that first. This is definitely where anxiety plays a big role. It is not the totality of anxiety and anxiety is not inconclusive to PTSD, but it is a part of PTSD, a form of PTSD. So this can happen again where a person experiences traumatic events, war, assault, accidents, natural disasters. Um, Symptoms during this can be when you when you have PTSD, a couple of the symptoms can be difficulty relaxing, having dreams that are nightmares, flashbacks, avoidance of anything related to the event that reminds you of a trauma or a traumatic experience that you've had. Um, this is when a person is diagnosed with PTSD. It's a, it's a form, um, of the symptoms constantly being consistent for over a month's time. Okay. So this is what I wanted to kind of go over with you guys so that you understand the duality of the importance of dealing with what we are dealing with today, what people are dealing with as 
a whole globally. There's so much happening. There's constant information, constant things that are being fed to you, constant things that are being said to you, constant things that are being brought up that are causing so much of an uproar. So it's very important that you are very mindful of what it is that you are allowing yourself to be engaged in. Being aware of your mental capacity, being aware of your emotional capacity and being aware of where you are physically and spiritually will help you to navigate through the times that we are currently in. Managing your stress levels as much as you can to prevent any more damage or any additional damage being done that has not already occurred to you, okay? So I will speak more about different mental health um, things that we need to deal with and things that we can focus on to help us navigate through these times. And please let me know if you have any other questions, anything that you would like for me to research and talk about, anything that you would like for me to provide you more details with navigating. I love you guys. I am here to support you. We are all in this together, regardless to where you are in the world. Know that you are not by yourself. Know that we are all experiencing traumatic events. Even though we may not all understand the level of intensity others are dealing with, Understanding that everybody has a cross to bear is enough for you to build a little bit of compassion and empathy for yourself and others. Okay, so this has been your daily dose of energy, guys. I love you guys so very much. Until tomorrow's daily dose of energy. Bye.